Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Verse um, verse 8. The Bible says, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. i got to put myself in the shepherd's shoes just for a moment. These guys are working the night shift. They're out there on the countryside outside of of the city of David outside of Bethlehem, which is well known for uh, shepherding and the sheep. And, and here it is, just in their everyday life, at work, God appeared. The Lord showed up. The Lord uh, revealed Himself to him. And let me just say this, uh, uh, God can do that for you as well. I believe that in your, in your everyday life, in your work life, or whatever you're... Uh, just caught up in. Uh, you can meet God there. God can meet you there. He can speak to you there. You can have a fellowship and a relationship. It's not just here in the sacred place of church that uh, we can meet with the Lord, but He is with us. And He can uh, reveal Himself to us and show up. And I don't believe, I, I, you know, I don't know, but I don't believe that these shepherds were expecting this. I mean, I doubt it. I, I doubt they've never had an angel appear to them before and the light shine round about them in the middle of the night. Uh, but it can happen. And it did happen. It did happen to them. But with all that miracle happening with the angel appearing and all that, that still wasn't the most important part of that whole story. <laughs> the most important part of the whole story here that we just read is the message. Is the message. What they told them was far more important than them, them, the angel uh, showing up. What they told them was honestly, I believe, the most important thing that these shepherds had ever heard. Amen. Here's the next thing. I believe that it is the most important thing that you and I have ever heard. Amen. That the, a Savior was born. A Savior was born. Jesus Christ the Lord. 
They said this is glad tidings. You know what we talk about? We talk about the gospel and how important the gospel is. How important it is to our lives and how it empowers us and how important it is to the world that we give it away, that we proclaim it. Um, this gospel is glad tidings. It's about great joy. It's, it's, he, said, he said, unto you is born, but then he said, to all people. This is for everyone. The good news of Jesus Christ is not just for us here this morning, which it is, and that's good news, but it's for everyone all over the world. This good news is that Jesus Christ has come as a Savior, that He's born for them. He said, unto you is born. Do you know Christ came for you? He didn't just come for Mary uh, as He was born uh, by Mary. He didn't just come for the shepherds, but He came for us. He came for us, and He was a Savior. You know, we think of Jesus Christ as, a, uh, as the Creator, and He is. He's the Word that made everything that we see. He is the Creator. But can I say this? That Jesus Christ was the Savior. And He was always going to be the Savior. The Bible says that, that He was the Savior before the foundations of the world. I would, I would tell you that Christ was the Savior before He was the Creator. And He came to save a little bundle of joy. They said, this is where you'll find him. Here's the sign that a Savior is born. A little babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In a manger. Where the animals eat. What they eat out of. In a little stable. I know it sounds so cute and so interesting and there's you know all that now, but for the shepherds, they're like, that's no place for a baby. That's no place for a savior. That's no place for a king. In a manger? Are you kidding? In a stable? Like, look for the barn with the lights on. You'll find them, you know? There they are. This little family. Stuck there. You know what I thought? The angels were given the... Uh, <laughs> The angels were giving these shepherds a little head up that their business was going to change. Do you know back then, uh, for the shepherds, the best money on sheep was made on on the uh, spotless lambs? You say, why were the the best money for shepherds made on the spotless lambs, the ones without blemish? It's because those brought the best money, the best price, because they were used for a sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. What the angel is telling them. I get a little emotional. I don't know why, but what the angels were telling them is, you're raising these little sheep so that they can pay for the sins of the people temporarily, but today is born a Savior, the Lamb of God, that will take away the sins of the world. No longer will these sheep need to be raised for the sacrifices for sin, because in the city of David, born this night, is the sacrifice of sin for each and every man, woman, child who will believe and receive Jesus Christ. A Savior was born. And this is joy. This is joy that has come to us and can be with us and in us. When I talk about joy, I'm not talking about this pie in the sky, happy, uh, feel good, no problems, no sorrow, no trouble. But I'm talking about joy that comes because there's a Savior born who has paid for our sins, who has taken away the guilt 
and the punishment of sin so that we can know that we are forgiven. You know, to pay for our sins, that's a judicial thing. Jesus Christ came and paid for our sins and judicially we've been justified. You know, this is something that, that before God, a holy, righteous God, Jesus Christ came so that judicially we are forgiven. But this forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ can be felt. It can be felt in the sense that we can have a clear conscience before God to know that we are in right standing or we're righteous with God because of Jesus Christ. He came to restore fellowship that was broken. Uh, The fellowship between man and God was broken because of sin, because of the fall, and He came to restore this communion, this relationship Uh, that we can have with Him throughout life, which is joy. You remember last week we talked about love, and we talked about the fruits of the Spirit. That as we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He's given us His Spirit, and with with the Spirit there's the results of it, a fruit of it. Uh, The fruit of it is love, joy, peace. And last last week we talked about love. This week we're going to talk about joy. Um, By the way, the joy, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we talk about joy in our heart, we're talking about strength. We're talking about having spiritual strength. You say, what's it mean to be spiritually strong? It is to somehow in in the dark times, in the hard times, in the sorrow, and in the troubles, to find joy. To find the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. In other words, we could flip that around, that if we don't have God's joy in us, and that's what I'm talking about, you'll see in a moment as we read some scriptures. I'm talking about God's joy in us. Um, Not joy that we get from external things, but joy that we get from abiding in Him. That when we have that joy, we have strength. But when we lack that joy, or when we're empty of that joy, spiritually, we become... We become weak. There is joy. There is joy that comes through the indwelling Holy Ghost. Let me say this. I was told this a a long time ago by my father-in-law, and it stuck with me. He said, in the Christian life, in the spiritual life, uh, what the enemy, Satan, will try to do to you is steal your joy. And if he can steal your joy, if he can get it so that you don't have any bubbling I, that again I'm not talking about absence of trouble I'm talking about if he can steal your joy then he can make you weak spiritually I think in the book of Acts in chapter 13 where it talks about Paul and Barnabas they were being persecuted and and the bible says that they shook uh, shook the dust off of their feet and just moved on during this persecution and and the bible says and the disciples were filled with the joy, with joy, and with the Holy Ghost. I believe as we uh, fellowship with the Lord and grow close to Him, He gives us joy through the Holy Ghost. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, let's just begin in verse 1.
Bible says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled of the word of life. Life. Notice the capital W of the word of life. He's talking about the word, Jesus Christ. For the life was manifested. Do you remember last week out of 1 John we talked about love was manifested? Love on display, love out in the open, love clearly seen. And what was that love manifested or love displayed? It was the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross was love manifested. Now he's talking about life manifested. And we have seen it and bear witness and show you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, or displayed or shown unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have, look at this word, fellowship with us. Do you know what we are to this, this morning? We are a fellowship. A church is a fellowship, a fellowship of believers. We're fellowshipping together. And he goes on to say, and truly our fellowship, and this is true about us, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you know what brings us together as a fellowship? Christ. Plain and simple. We could keep this very, very simple. What brings us together as a, as a fellowship, as a group of believers, is, is Christ. Verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your what? Joy may be full. This then is the message which ye have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If you say we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sins. He says this life was manifested and John is a witness of it. Jesus said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. And this life that Jesus Christ is will give us eternal life. Eternal life. This is salvation. He wants us to then share our life together as brothers and sisters in Christ. As we walk in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. Do you know to walk with Christ is to walk humbly? And to walk humbly with Christ helps our fellowship, helps us as we uh, serve together and, and walk together. He says this fellowship that we have together will fill us with joy. He says this fellowship can make your joy full. Think of it as a, uh, a bucket. And your bucket is filled all the way to the brim. How? Through fellowship with Him and fellowship with each other. When you think of fellowship, you think of being together. You know, shared experiences of life. You connect with people or you connect with someone. You do things together as family and as friends. Uh, sometimes we have the wrong idea of joy in this world 
in our worldly mind even, and we think of joy as obtaining something or accumulating something. Um, we think of joy even as something that's distant in the future, like an achievement or some experience. Like we, you know, we plan for something that we think will bring us great joy. But what he's saying here is that joy comes through the Lord, but it also comes through fellowship with each other. It just comes by life. In other words, uh, a life of joy comes from enjoying life. Being able to enjoy just the simple things in life. Just the things that come on, you know, all the experiences that we have from day to day. uh, Working for a living. uh, Our families, our friends, the struggles, the disappointments, our big days, our our every days. Being able to enjoy those things and enjoy the people around us. And if we can do that, if we can enjoy all those sort of things, then we can enjoy life. But it's even more than that. This fellowship is not just that we enjoy each other in the body of Christ, but that our fellowship is connected directly and the source of life is connected with the life giver. That we are in fellowship with Him. That we are in fellowship with the Father and the Son. And the joy in our life is a byproduct. Is a byproduct of fellowship with Him. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 15. Here's a question. When, when you feel that your joy is empty, what do you do? When you feel that your joy is empty, what, what is it that we do? Look at John Chapter 15. John chapter 15. Verse 11. Now, you know the context. Really, it's uh, good to read this chapter, I think, often. This, the context of this is, uh, he starts, Jesus saying, I am the true vine. And, and, and we, we, His people, are the branches. And that if the branches abide in the vine, then uh, naturally, not, we don't have to work for fruit. Naturally, fruit will come from... It's like a, I said this before. You don't see a fruit tree trying to bear fruit. A fruit tree just does. Why? Because it's a fruit tree. It's in the roots, and as long as... It's being fed. It will bear fruit. And so he's saying here, if you will abide in me, if, if, if the branches abide, and then, and then he even tells us how to abide. He, I think it's verse 7 of that chapter. He says, if my words abide in you. You say, how do we abide in Christ? Being filled with His Spirit. Being filled with His Word. Um, he says, I think in verse 9 or 10, uh, continue in my love and abide in my love. Knowing God's love toward us. And knowing how he, uh, his love shed abroad in our hearts, the byproduct of those sort of things uh, will naturally produce a fruit in us. And one of those natural fruits that are produced is joy. And it comes from the Lord. Deep down inside, look at verse, verse 11 of chapter 15. So that was the context. In verse 11... He says, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy 
might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I want you to notice where he says, my joy and your joy. He says, my joy might remain in you. I believe that Jesus gives to his people his own joy. We, you know, joy, happiness, joy can rub off on each other, but I, I personally can't give my joy to someone else. I can rub off on someone else, but I can't personally. But Jesus Christ says, no, I can't. If you abide in me and you are connected with me, my joy can be in you, and then your joy can be full. I can give it to you. I can, I can have this produced in you. You know, I believe all of us from time to time need encouragement, don't we? Sometimes encouraging words go a long way. Just a little bit of encouragement along the way can really help you. And uh, there's people that you can find encouragement from. But when, when you're empty, when your joy is empty, here's what, here's what the Word of God's saying. Find your encouragement through Him. You know, sometimes we can... Other people can be down, and sometimes they're not always up, right? Other people aren't always encouraging. Uh, it's just a fact of life. But you'll never come to the Lord and find Him low on joy. You'll never come to the Lord and find Him low on love or peace. Uh, he has an endless, eternal supply that when you come to the Lord, you can find what you need. He is always full, that endless, boundless Love And by the way, uh, we were made to rejoice. We were made to rejoice. Now, that, I'm trying to make a distinction here. We, that doesn't mean we won't go through sorrow. That doesn't mean we won't go through tribulation. That doesn't mean we won't go through hard things. But we were made to rejoice. Philippians 4 and 4 says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. It's God's will that we rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Remember the sermons we had a few, maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago? Uh, Praise ye the Lord. And you were to say what? Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. We, we're getting a little rusty on that. We've got to get back to it. But, but, but there's rejoicing in God's people. There's something peculiar about God's people that they are able to rejoice and able to have joy, sometimes even in trouble, even in hardship, even in, and again, I'm not talking about this, I've got no problems, Joy, I'm talking about deep down inside, God welling up inside of us and helping us, uh, Him, God rubbing off on us, in other words, us becoming like Christ, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He will not, He will not run out of joy. Um, he says in verse 8, I believe it is. Um, yeah. Herein is my Father glorified. This is John 15. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Um, when we're connected with Christ, when we have the joy of the Lord, you know, we never have to feel empty or feel unfruitful. I don't know about you, but sometimes that's some of the things that, you know, if you feel like you're not productive or you're not, you know, you're not... But when you're connected with the Lord, you don't have to feel empty. His, his joy inside of you is a, is, a, is a fruit in and of itself that glorifies God. When we're, 
when we are in fellowship with the Him, we never have to feel lonely again. Why? Because of the fellowship that we have with God. He came to restore, restore that, uh, that, that joy that was ruined by the fall. When you lose your joy, how is it that we can abide in Christ? How is it we can study the Bible, read the Bible, be around uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that encourage us? But you know, He's given us something else that is really powerful that will help us as we draw close to Him, and that is prayer. Look at John 16. You're in John? Look in John 16. John 16. In verse 24. Actually, if you read this whole passage about joy and the Lord, He's, t- he's telling, the, telling them, the disciples, that He's going to leave, He's going to uh, uh, go, and that there's going to be trouble. That there's going to be sorrow. That there's going to be uh, uh, times where they're going to go through hardship. But then He tells them, but I will give you joy. Ultimately, there will be joy that cannot be taken away from you. And then in verse, verse 24, he says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, ask. And, it shall, uh, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. You know one of the things that the Lord has given us? For, to fill up our joy bucket is prayer. Is prayer. And that ties right in with what John says that it's when we have fellowship with the Lord, our joy will be full. Because you know what prayer is? It's fellowship with the Lord. Prayer is, is communicating to the Lord. And, and, and by the way, in our prayer life, there should be, uh, as we pray, we should be listening for answers. I believe that He can answer us. I believe that He can correct us. If we're asking for wisdom, uh, then begin to look for Him to answer those prayers and fellowship. There's some sort of joy deep down inside when God answers prayers, isn't there? When He begins to answer prayer, and it's sometimes it's the prayer that He answers that brings joy, but you know what else sometimes it is? It's just that He knows that you're there, that you're with, just, just to know that He hears your prayers just to know that He's there and that your Heavenly Father, the Creator of the universe, is, is, is in fellowship with you. Sometimes deep down inside, that is just a joy that can fill you up to the absolute brim to where you're thinking. All the other things that we used to use to try to find joy, don't have you all the things that you know we used to think? Well, this is what I want to have joy. And this is what I want to have joy. And then all of a sudden, once you have a fellowship with the Lord that fills that joy bucket up, all the other things just seem so, so small. Like, how could I get joy from that? How could I do anything but rejoice in the Lord? How could I do anything but thank Him and praise Him for how good He is? He is a God that came to us to save us, to forgive us of our sins, and then to lead us and guide us through this life. And my goodness, what He has in store for us, for our future, and for heaven is just wonderful.
a life of prayer, continual fellowship. As we close, let me have us think of these things. I don't know where you're at in your own heart as it relates to your joy level, where you've been in the last week, in the last month, the last year. But let me say this. You, it can be full. It can be full. That, I'm not saying that all your troubles could go away. That can happen too. God can do anything. But your joy can be full. And fellowshipping with Him and drawing close to Him, it's possible. It's a promise of God's Word. It can be done. And by the way, this is good news. This is glad tidings that we can have joy. This is glad tidings that a Savior is born. The Word of life, eternal life, and by Him and through Him, We have restored fellowship with God that we can walk with Him, that we can walk in the light, that we can be in a right fellowship with each other in the body of Christ because of what He has done. And that as we go through this life, we know that because of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, Emmanuel, we sang about this morning, God with us, that we can have... An endless, it's like the woman at the well, what Jesus said. He said, there shall be in you a well springing up everlasting. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or... You could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.